Hello. Hi, Rebecca. It's Beatrice. Hi, Beatrice. It's Rebecca. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. I've had the exam board at work, so all of the marks have been ratified. My students all did very well. Oh, good. Yes. Congratulations to them. Well, congratulations to them. They were. It was such a lovely year group of MAs, and I had a really brilliant batch of BA students who I tutored for their dissertations, both second and third years. So it's very satisfying to kind of feel like they've all just been launched on their marvellous careers now. Wonderful. Very wonderful. Yes. We've got graduation next week. So I'm actually trying to work out what I can wear, because it's it's always without fail swelteringly hot on a graduation day. And as you know, the robes are like some kind of evil synthetic that just bakes you. You're like a chicken with a foil wrap on you in the oven. <laughs> I've actually I mean, never I... been to a graduation. Oh, so... well, they're quite... I've only been... Like, of my own, I only went to my PhD one. But I quite... In... Well, I do enjoy going to ones for my students because I'm just like a kind of blubbing, proud person that they're all graduating. But... Yeah, it's really hard to know what to wear underneath because the robes are designed, ha-ha, for male Mm -hmm. academics, really. So they only really work if you're wearing a suit because you need something to kind of anchor the hood and everything. Oh, yeah. So if you're a woman, you're having to, like, have stuff safety pinned to your bra and stuff. It's really not cool. Plus, you're baking hot, so it's really hard. Plus, they are the most ridiculous things that make you look like Henry VIII. For University of London PhDs, they're kind of... I mean, I love red and blue, but they are like the worst shades of red and blue. Mm. And then you have a hood, and then you have a black velveteen bonnet. Can you imagine me in that? Yeah, I do wonder why that hasn't hasn't been changed. You know, you could still have the ceremony, know. but you don't need you to could, have it medieval. You, you really don't. Mm. You really don't. And especially having medieval made in polyester yes. or whatever it is. Mm. <laughs> yeah, medieval mixed with the worst of the modern world. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's like we're not doing tradition here. We're doing ugly, and we're doing old school, male dominated, and this is not what no. we want out in the universe. So, if someone would like to do away with all of that and invent something else that we could wear, I would be thrilled. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so if you think of anything that's the clever thing to wear, yeah, because okay. the other thing is, okay, my, my final thing, then I will be quiet, <laughs> is that you also, it also relies on you wearing a suit, so you have pockets to put, you know, your stuff that you need mm. to carry with you when you come out of the graduation, so you can't really have a bag, some people do, but it looks a bit weird with your robes and what. Yeah, you probably then have a bulge in a weird Exactly, Mm. exactly. So it's like thinking what is cool will not get super wrinkled, will have pockets that I can securely have my items in without looking like I've grown weird bulges, and which will anchor the stupid hood. Mm. And I'm not saying this against University of London. I proudly wear my University of Londonness and university college and PhD and all of that. But please, why do I have to be a fashion horror firm yeah. to do that? It sounds like even if you, I mean, you could, I guess you could wear a suit, but that sounds like that's 
really really super hot then because you've got more layers well, yeah i have done that in the past i have worn like a nice little fitted jacket and pants and la la but then i was so hot i thought i would die mm. and i remember coming out and speaking to people's parents and i'd taken my hat thingy off and i didn't realize until you know i got home that i had i looked like i'd had a lobotomy i had like a big red mark across my forehead <laughs> Where the, where the bonnet had been and I'd taken it off and been talking to everyone's parents with this enormous oh. red rut thing in my forehead so I must have looked charming mm. so it's you know I'm happy to be going I'm super thrilled for the students could not be prouder but I just wish I wish someone would just handle it and not like think I have to do it in homage to the Henry VIII style, yeah. but just completely rethink it. Mm. Maybe we could have like a Miss World sash. I don't know. Oh, but there must be something we a could sash do. Is, I'm always for a sash or a rosette. You know I'm how I like a, a rosette. Mm. Yeah, if I could have a sash and a rosette, I would be super happy. Okay, well, so okay, that's something wonder, we can we'll, we'll work on. We'll write a letter. We'll yeah. find out how to write a letter to about having it switched. Okay. Okay. Marvellous. But enough of that. What have you been up to, Balin? Well, I've been quite busy this week. I've been to quite a lot of events. Oh, my. So yesterday I went to a whole study day about Dior at the v which was very oh, nice. Oh, wow. Um, and were you speaking at that? Yeah, I talked about Princess Margaret. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> yes, it was really interesting. But she had a, lovely, a few lovely Dior. Yeah, she had, she had, and yeah, there was um, Stephen Jones and qu- wow. um, quite a few people from the V&A and uh, Jean Dorney. She was the model, and her daughter was there and talked about wow. her mother going to Paris. So that was all. It it was really really interesting. Um, Sounds great. And then complete other end of the scale. On Thursday, I went to the British Library, and they had an event which was called Queens of Punk. Polystyrene oh and Jordan. So <gasps> two ultimate idols. Yes. So just being in the room with Jordan for me was pretty oh amazing. God. Oh my god! What did, is she still Jordanesque? Yes, she's still very Jordanesque. Oh um, she was she was fantastic, and Polystyrene's daughter was there, and it was to also celebrate the launch of several books so one is defying gravity jordan's story and you should look at the cover it's an illustration it's it's absolutely amazing and then the wow. other one is day glow the polystyrene story so it was celeste bell who's the polystyrene's daughter and zoe howe she wrote the book with and then jordan and someone called casey unsworth who they wrote the book together mm. and then they had a panel the chair was someone called vivian goldman who's just She's a professor of punk, apparently, in New York. Oh, my God, what a dream job. I know. What a dream title. And she used to be in a new wave band, and she just published a book about feminism and music from, I think it's wow. from Punk to Riot Girls. So that was that was just really great, just being in that the same room. That sounds so great. Yeah, and they... I mean, Jordan is just incredible. Mm. Just her whole look, her attitude... I worship that. Yeah. And it was, she said a lot that it was punk was about not giving a damn. Um, yeah, that was so good. Yeah, that was the main thing. No, it was, that was and really interesting. that's such a good attitude, like not caring what other people think, just wearing 
what you want to wear and being yourself amazing yeah and polystyrene was so amazing yeah and i what people kept saying is they kept talking about her lyrics and i i thought i haven't done it yet but i thought i really need to look at them you know properly because yeah so they talked a lot about how and also how prophetic she was in some of the stuff she said and um, also talked about difficulty with her mental health and how that affected things but again yeah it was very it was very um emotional a lot of the times it sounds Um, it sounds really wonderful yeah and but also yeah very good and lots of all the things I went to I feel like I've got two weeks worth of reading now to to do but that's good you know it's the summer that's, that's very good yeah and I, I definitely want to get those books yeah no they they look really really good because because I was very little when punk happened so I kind of saw my much older brother and sister doing punk things that I thought were very exciting and so polystyrene and Jordan were just like amazingly dressed people to me like they I had didn't really understand what was going on mm. I just thought they looked amazing yeah and also that you could just jump around the room to the music was just an added bonus yeah but oh my god how brilliant so that was you, is, is that wasn't all no I that there were more events. no that wasn't all so I that's very unusual for me I also on Tuesday I went to an event at um at autograph and it was Love about autograph. yeah and it was about colorism and uh, oh, photography. So that was really, really super interesting. Wow. So it was two people, Nadia Latif, who's a, a director, like a, a theater director, and lately um, started to do film as well. And then a photographer called Angelica Das. So they both gave like a 20 minute presentation and then people could ask questions. Nadia Latif started to talk about, started talking about these Shirley cards, which I think you told me about. Yes, yes. There's a really good Lorna Ross article about them. Ah, yeah, that's been mentioned in a few things that I've subsequently read, but I haven't actually looked at the actual article. I'll send it to you. Yeah, because at first, in doing the talk, I couldn't quite understand at what point they were actually used. So they said they had this sort of image of, of this white woman. And they say the the story is that it's called Shirley because it was done with an employee of Kodak who was called yeah, Shirley. Yeah, Shirley Page. Yeah, yeah so even, even after it wasn't the original Shirley, they kept calling them Shirley cards. And I think now I understand apparently what happened is Kodak developed this machine that would do the developing of the film. And so they would send out all these cards to all the people who had the machine, plus they would send undeveloped film. So you would then put the undeveloped film through the car, uh, through the machine and then you compare it with the with a card. And if it doesn't come out the same, then you could do stuff to your machine and until it comes out exactly like on in, in the card. So yeah. the machines were calibrated to to represent white skin very well which then means yes. it doesn't necessarily work well with black skin. So this is sort of what she was talking about. She was just talking very briefly about the photography side, but then primarily about uh, feature film or moving moving images. Yeah. And and how people talk a lot about that 
about that people of colour aren't represented, but didn't talk so much about how they're actually being represented. And aesthetically, I mean, there's also about how they're being presented in what roles and there's all all of that, but she meant sort of more aesthetically. And then there was sort of quite a lot about how people like Spike Lee, for instance, really worked on that to make sure that black skin is looks actually not ashen, but actually looks really well well on the skin and and how you how you can do that. Um, well, I think that the cards were sent out to, as you say, to like film developers, mm. but the film itself was also calibrated, yes. like the technology of the film, because obviously photography is all about light and black skin absorbs 42% more light than white skin. Mm. So that the film is calibrated to white skin. And so like the means of creation is, and then the means of production is in terms of printing, but also like, I think, or even like projectionists. Oh, really? Mm. I'm not Mm. sure about that, but I think so. And the cards are insane. Did she show you? She showed just one. May, or maybe she should too. Um, I, I have since looked at them and yeah, I saw the very early ones. And then in the yeah. 80s, they do have a card with a black woman, an Asian woman and a white woman. So apparently that was done because furniture companies said the different yes. colors of wood were. Yeah, it's, it was, it was um, I mean, it's just so disgusting. Yeah. It's like, it's like viewing science as neutral, yes. even though it's dominated by male white people and then it's also capitalist so it was because chocolate like chocolate yeah, like, so kodak dominated the american market in film production processing whatever and chocolate manufacturers wanted better definition between dark and milk chocolate mm. because in advertising they couldn't tell the difference um yes as you say furniture manufacturers wanted more definition between different kinds of wood so i think in in the lorna ross article about the shirley cards she talks about how there had been some discussion and some questioning because of school photographs yes once schools were desegregated Mm. you obviously had classes of children of color and white children together and so parents had complained, but that wasn't the kind of motivating force. It was for product shots. Yeah. And so she, um, Nadia Latif, she sort of said that she said it almost equates people of colour on film with furniture. So yeah. she made that sort of comparison. And then, yeah, she, she did talk about that that is sort of changing and that there are people, she mentioned in particular, one cinematographer who worked on Selma, he's called Bradford Young, and he studied at Howard University, and there's one professor there. A lot of people who studied with him have a sort of different approach. And apparently, one thing to do is moisturize. You meant to over moisturize. There was a bit about the sort of technical aspect. You know, it's it's obviously possible to do it properly, but it sounds still a bit like you have to work against against something. Um, yeah, which is it's just kind of. I mean, it, it's not unexpected, sadly, but it's horrifying. Mm. It's still an issue. Yeah. And as you say, you're working against what the t- technology provides rather than technology is keeping up with the population mm. and the needs and the, yeah. Because no, the, the Lorna Ross article is, is really fascinating. And I think 
the Shirley cards are sort of horrifying on so many levels and they kind of expose sort of embedded racism mm. so deeply and they and also misogyny and sexism because yes. the early cards they're like they're they're real kind of they're like middle class conservative with a small c ladylike white girls like they could be men yeah that exactly and i also so think they're that ha- as well and I also think they're highly decorated. I think the very Definitely. early one, she has very bright lipstick. And I have a feeling I mean, I've seen fur, but maybe, yeah, there is, there is, and different textures, I think they're also trying yeah. to get into the... But but even the ones where they have women of colour as well as white mm. women, um, they're so kind of obnoxious in the view of femininity and the, the, the there's like the skin colour, which is the ultimate crime of all of this. There's the way women are represented. There's the fact that these were used as pin-up cards. Yes, there is that. By male mm. film-related people, which is just obnoxious. I'm just going to keep saying obnoxious, okay? It's all okay. obnoxious. But have you seen there's also one which was like, hey, we're using Latinx women. So there is a woman, with a, a Latin woman, but a very, very pale-skinned oh, Latin mm. woman. And she is dressed like Carmen Miranda. Oh, really? Mm. So, so in order to show all the different, you know, like textures, objects, blah, blah, she's got, you know, like bananas on her head and whatnot. So it's like they're taking one offensive racial stereotype in order to supposedly stop another one. Yeah. And it's just gruesome. And then there's another one, so I'm just going to keep listing them, okay, where all the women are naked. Like they're women of really? different skin colors yeah but no. they're naked but they have strategic t- it's really it's like they're in a hostage situation they're all just standing in front of the camera and then there's like an array of different kind of mad objects around them including i feel a stuffed kangaroo but maybe that was a fever dream that i uh-huh. had looking at it and then they're holding up pictures that are clearly supposedly in the minds of the men who created this image they are just neutrally placing objects check textures blah blah to to mm. tune the camera lighting but truly it looks like they're in a hostage situation it's terrible oh i haven't i didn't see that Mm. yeah yeah a lot to think about about that because i think that comes up a lot this this thing that oh it's just not practical or it's just you know it's just the technology or it's just yeah just blaming it onto something else and it also relates to cosmetics needing to be made for different skin tones and even like tights and things being made for different yeah they did talk a bit about names for colors in the past which is also interesting what did they say well if you look i have a lingerie catalog from the 20s and oh do you yeah and the dark shades the names that are used for those it's just i think that went on until the 50s if not the 60s So, you know, when you have these sort of cards where lots of little blocks are like little swatches of fabrics or and the names that I use there is is incredible sometimes. I've come across that occasionally in um, the London version of Harper's Bazaar. Mm. I think it was just totally common. I think it was just totally common. No one would have deeply offensive. No, no. Yeah, it wasn't even seen. No, that's the terrible thing of it not being. Mm. 
seen because everyone with the power was white. Yeah. And then uh, Nadia Latif, she, she, I mean, they talked a little bit about uh, digital and oh, yeah. what she said and what I've read. I, I, again, I need to find out a bit more. On the one hand, digital, some people say digital is developed on the basis of how film works. And so it ha already has also this inbuilt bias. But then others I've read that say digital is actually quite good. And weirdly, they say, because you can imitate old film stock, which is good oh, for certain, yeah. you know, for shooting people of color. So, But that seems to contradict, again, what other people say. So I'm not quite sure what the situation is with digital. But I guess it's maybe more easily manipulated. But I, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. I mean, I it. know just like on an anecdotal level that if, it, like, if you take a picture of your a group of your friends who are of different skin colors, that often the the black skinned people will disappear mm. in yeah. a group shop. Yeah. So mm. I guess there's like digital as in taking a picture with your iPhone, and then there's professionals using it and printing it. Yeah. And then there was also something she said which sounded fascinating, but I, I haven't, again, followed it up. Nadia Latif did a short film called White Girl, and she said it was shot on the street with street lights, and she said something that it's about the city changing the color of people, and that just sounded so fascinating, but I haven't yes. followed it up yet, so I need that's something I need to look up. Um, yeah. And then the last thing from her talk, she she mentioned a film which I really want to watch. Maybe you have. It's called da Daughters of the Dust. No. It's by someone called Joan Dash, and it's from 1991. Um, and apparently it's the first film by an African-American director that was widely distributed. And it sounds fascinating. So, yeah, that's another thing to do following the, the talk. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, it was, there was just, it was just, There was a lot to take in and a lot to follow yeah. up. And then just very briefly, the the second person who spoke, she's called Angelica Das, and mm. she has this project called, I'm not sure I pronounce it properly, Humani, I think it's called. Yes, yes. So she photographs, I'm sure you've seen the, the photos. So In she the photographs the, the face of people and part of the décolletage and the shoulders, I think, um, and then she uses, I think she uses a square on their skin and then matches it to a Pantone color and then puts that Pantone color as the background. So it's right. all these different shades of skin color that haven't got a name, that have a number. And mm. I think Pantone colors sometimes have names as well. But anyway, so the, one, yeah, of the, one of the pains she's, the points she's trying to make is that that it's not just black and white, that there's all these different skin colors and that it's a yes. ridiculous idea to to differentiate in that in that way. Uh, yeah. So that I mean, was they really look interesting. amazing, yeah. I think, when when she puts loads of the photographs together because it's it completely breaks down distinctions really. Yeah. By being so subtle. Yeah. And it's a, a really long project, so she, it hasn't got an end date, and I don't know how long she's been doing it, but several years, and in lots of countries, usually does them as a project, so she goes somewhere and sets up somewhere, and people can come, and she photographs them. And then someone asks, what do you do if someone turns up with lots of makeup on? And she said, I will still photograph them. I will explain to them 
that I could, will put them online, yeah. but they might not be exhibited if it's exhibited anywhere. Um, uh, because it doesn't, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And people, mm. there were some more sort of technically minded people who asked about her setup. And she said it's, it obviously, the thing about it is it has to be absolutely, totally the same. Otherwise it doesn't work. So yes. she schleps her big lights everywhere and she just makes sure that every time her setup and her film, and all she, does she do, I think she does digital. She even was talking about, you know, the setup on her camera and what camera she has, but it, she, it, she just has to make sure it's always totally the same. And she tries to show them on the streets or she had a, something at the entrance to Davos at the economic forum. So all the people who went in there had to go past it. And she she wants people who normally might not go to a gallery or so she wants other people to see it see it as yes. well. And there were sort of two things that also sort of stood out for me. She does a lot of things with children. So she, she teaches teachers so they can do projects with children, but she also sometimes does things with children. And she was showing them a pink crayon that is uh-huh. flesh color. And that so reminded me of, when I was younger, I had these crayons, and there was always these sort of pinky ones that yes, yes. that I think I used to do used to to do faces, and that she said no one has you know well there will be people who have that color skin, but it's just you know just to have this one color this pink. Yeah, and the fact it's called flesh. Isn't yeah, it? That's, exactly. It's like with the um, going back to the Shirley cards that they they have a thing that says normal. Yes, exactly. Which, it's oh my goodness. Mm. Uh, there, there's also a really interesting project that these two artists, Broomberg and Shan. Oh Shana, yeah, I came across. Have that. you seen that? That's so interesting. That they used a um, what do you call it? Is a it Polaroid? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was in used in South Africa. That had an extra flash button yes. mm. to photograph black people, which you think, well, that seems good. But then it wasn't because it was used to create pass, like passes to control the movement of black people yeah. during apartheid. Mm. I mean, and that's such, it's like that kind of encapsulates the power dynamic and the white privilege. Yes, and the control of, of technology. Because as you were saying, that the first speaker said about, you know, who controls the, the media and who controls the means of production and the creation of the means. Yes. And it, what, what was interesting also with the Human Eye project, mm. there someone said, well, partly what you're doing reminds me of old anthropological methods of classifying yeah, oh God, people. Yes, so, you, you know, it does, you could flip it. Yes. And she said she has been approached by people who want to use it for face recognition or, you wow. know, and she says she obviously doesn't, want to have anything to do with that but she says it is something she cannot control um she doesn't want you know have anything to do with it but so i thought that was you know interesting again that she's she's trying to do something positive she's trying to show diversity Mm, yes but it can come i suppose i suppose the the way she transcends the problematic side is that it's an ongoing project and people are self-selecting who come to be photographed and it's showing as many different kind of people for their difference. Yeah, that's what she said. She said she starts from an understanding of difference. 
Um, and I guess what she also, the, the using of, I think on, on the actual pictures, it doesn't say the Pantone color, but that's definitely something I want to look into. The name, yeah. you know, it just says the number. No, it doesn't. I've just gone on her website yeah, and it, it just, just has the number. Just has the number, so which you, one would hope is sort of neutral-ish, but then what, what is neutral, you know, whatever, is anything yeah. ever. But it's better than yeah. trying to come up with colour names. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm. Well, that's a very interesting week. Yeah, it was a very packed week. To think about. Yes, yes, lots of things to follow My up. My goodness. Are you going to lots more next week or are you having... A- a point of reflection i'm actually am going to something next week oh uh, at the barbican which is about language and gender so i can tell oh, you about that i can't wait that yeah. sounds very interesting yeah i hope yeah well my goodness very fascinating thank you well no thank you for discussing it with with me and thank, thank you ex- for inviting me to <laughs> okay <laughs> this could go on well yeah i think we probably should just stop now yeah, you're and, right. And actually, talking of stopping, yeah. you are away the next two weeks. Yeah, I'm that's right. On holiday, mm-hmm. which is very lovely. And then I'm away the two weeks after that. Okay. So we can speak again on the 11th of August. Okay. So we have to store up all our thoughts. Yes. And make note of them. Make notes. For the okay. 11th of August. Okay. Yeah. When we'll be reunited and i'm sure it will feel so good yes it definitely will we can do a <laughs> duet at the beginning and, oh my god yes okay okay we'll have a glorious holiday and you all right bye then bye